Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, and with me once again are Matthew Page and Brian, the Soul Man Solak. How you doing, guys? Good. How are hey. you? Yo, what up? Not much. The whole the whole city's on fire, but uh, but I'm 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 here, calm, cool, and collected, and ready to talk some sports. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so for everybody out there listening to us on the Seattle Sports Union podcast, we have a project that, that Brian Solak is producing and will be put out there on the YouTubes and other forms of visual media. And it's going to be a set of interviews with various athletes in the region. And I'm pretty excited about it, guys. Was there anything, uh, without releasing too too much, I mean, people want to w- watch these without having too many spoilers, but was there... Anything from your conversations with people that helped you gain kind of a temperature or like, uh, you know, kind of just a, just a general quote unquote general feel for, for how, uh, how athletes and administrators and staff are, are, are doing today. Well, from the people I've taught, oh, I did more of a video, but those, the feedback that I got, I was quite impressed just with their knowledge of, of uh, what's going on, they had some good. One person had one response, like you know, the enthusiasm of the players, and another the other guy had different response. It just, but they're all positive. Everything, every question, every answer was positive from these people, and that alone. I mean, they miss their fans, and they're looking forward to their. Fan, they know the importance of playing for the fans, and they can't wait for twenty twenty one. And it's. Uh, they were short 15 minute videos, I believe. And I just, by watching both of them just got me all excited. And for next season, I mean, they, they represent their organi- organization extremely well. Matt, did you find any, anything out that uh, you might not have expected? Well, I was going to say spoiler alert. Mr. Solak here is blowing it all because he's <laughs> telling people that, that people are excited to come back. Yeah, no, it, it's just, you know, they, the, we'll edit they're that there, out. they're ready. They're, yeah, we're gonna have to. I mean, <laughs> you know, these, these folks are these folks are ready. They're 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 uh, they're working hard behind the scenes. They're just waiting for the the you know the green light to go. They they want to play. They want to they want to put on the the uh, the the, uh, the sports just as much as we want to watch them. And um, you know, it's just a matter of when it's safe to do it and when when everyone's you know can can do it safely and and and. Um, make it work and it's just uh just you know it's frustrating to it's equally i guess i guess it's it, it's equally frustrating to them as it is to us yep which was kind of nice to hear from the sports fan yeah yeah kind of what i got out of it was that there was um uh, i guess what would little children call it ants in your pants uh, a lot of uh, uh <laughs> a lot of desire to get out and go do the thing do the thing that they had been doing, you know, doing since they were five, six years old. And I can't, can't tell you what they do. That would be spoilers. Yeah. I don't want to tell you what they were doing, <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like this is a, um, uh, this is a population, uh, not just the athletes, everybody, obviously it's a population yeah. that's been stuck indoors and, uh, you have athletes training in their garage, uh, unable to, you know, unable to, you know, get to, get to better facilities and it's, it's, um, 
yeah, it's just everybody wanting to get out there and play. Like it, that, I, I kind of, I kind of was wondering, you know, if people were going into a state of like atrophy or maybe disinterest, but it's definitely not that, you know, it, it, it the passion is still there. And that that's fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, okay, good. We did. It sounded like Solak uh, got up and left the room because he was just sick of hearing you spoil things. <laughs> I had a barking dog. I had to take care of a barking dog. <laughs> all right guys well let's take a look at uh speaking of barking dogs let's take a look at the seattle seahawks and their injury their their field which is purportedly causing a lot of injuries it's apparently a dog of a field all right that's a terrible terrible that pun but i <laughs> i had no segue guys i had nothing you gave me nothing yeah. but shutting up a barking dog <laughs> anyway <laughs> Anyway, Solak, you posted on social media uh, through the Seattle Sports Union Facebook and Twitter. That's at Seattle Sports U. And, of course, look us up on Facebook and like us on Seattle Sports Union, uh, our Facebook page. Um, you posted an article that said something about Quest Field, sorry, CenturyLink Field being the worst field for injuries in the whole NFL. What was that all about? Yeah. Some, some, it was an article, but I mean, someone who had no time, a bunch of time on their hands wrote, and, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get into all this, this, the scientific figures that they came across, but it, they say the Seattle, playing on Seattle on the synthetic turf is, causes the most injuries in the NFL, and it's usually earlier in the game than later in the game, and I mean, what, what a stupid article, and it's not, like I said, it's not a proven source, so I don't get it. But it, it's fun to talk about it because whoever, whoever, whoever designed this experiment is an idiot. Just saying. What was their wow. What were their plot points on their stats? It was a it was a uh, graduate assistant from the University of Oklahoma that put together this this study. By the way, yeah, there you go. It wasn't just it wasn't just some you know nobody. Well, but it kind of is a nobody in my they opinion. They broke down. They broke down <laughs> that the uh, the you know the distribution of injuries and in plays during the game when they happen in natural grass versus synthetic grass and the frequency of, of injuries by play type and and all kinds of things like that. They they they, they put some real thought into it. Um, I don't necessarily. I am with so I can that I'm not necessarily. 100% sold on the the, uh, the conclusion, um, but there there's definitely you know I've, I've always wondered why we have a synthetic field when we have an outdoor stadium anyway. <laughs> it's not hard to grow grass in this climate. The rain keeps grass pretty pretty well. You know I mean across mm. the street they have they have the Mariners have real <laughs> grass. Yep. You know why why do we play on uh, why do we play on on turf? I, I'll never understand. We're professionals. Uh, well, there's a fundamental por- uh, core precept to that. You have, what, uh, 10 NFL football games being played per year there. You have 16 soccer games per year uh, being played there. And I don't know. So, like, how many concerts do they do? How many? Oh, I'd say I'd say at least five, anywhere from – I've seen uh, – one year they did, like, 10. So, anywhere from five to ten a year. So you got that, and then you have monster truck rallies and boat shows. So you're looking at it from a, you know, cost perspective of 
maintaining something nice, you know, a, a natural grass field or mean, or just something where every five years you just relay the relay, the, you know, lay down a new carpet. Um, it's definitely a cost thing. They, they actually do monster truck rallies at CenturyLink. I didn't even know that. Why don't uh, they yeah, just do it at the Tacoma dome? Like they used to. Don't you want to closer to Seattle? Well, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I want, I, I, I choose real grass over monster truck. <laughs> well, that's why you're not in charge of CenturyLink field because you, <laughs> you don't care well, about how much revenue. How much revenue does the maybe at most twice a year monster truck show bring you? Well, how many, how many butts and seats do you have? That's, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's but say it's 30,000. Let's say it's 30,000. I doubt it's that high, but yeah. I'll say 20. Are you, are you doubt that high? Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw people, I saw people in the upper decks. So that's over 30,000 with a sold out lower bowl. So I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't realize you, you were. Offend, no, no, no. We're going to talk <laughs> about monster trucks. Okay. Cause you okay. don't seem to understand <laughs> the simple core precept. You have, again, let's just say 30,000. You have 30,000, 30,000 butts and seats as a, in a, in February, as opposed to zero butts and seats. I'm okay with zero. You're okay with zero because you don't care about monster trucks. Um, nope. And that's, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not a Gravedigger fan like you are. I'm sorry. Oh. I, Bigfoot fan. I don't like Gravedigger, but that's fine. Um, you're what? <laughs> I'm a Bigfoot fan. I like Bigfoot. Oh, you're a Bigfoot fan. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, regardless of whether you like it or not, there's a money aspect to it. It generates revenue, and it it's positive revenue. If it didn't generate revenue, they wouldn't have it at CenturyLink Field. They would have it at a, like you said, a 10,000 seat Tacoma Dome or something like that. Uh, 6,000 seat Everett Memorial Stadium or Everett uh, Angel of the Wind Stadium. Um, it makes money. It makes money. The, they do the, uh, once a year they do, it used to be Morris Hill Church, now it's something else, but they'll have a giant, uh, you know, congregation there, you know. Uh, it, and would you say so like about 10 concerts in one year? Yeah, about 10 concerts a year, the average is. All of this destroys that. If it had a grass infield, it would destroy that. It would just turn it into mush. And uh, that's the reason why they have artificial turf. But, yeah, let's get back. Let's so get we're, we're real quick. We're real quick. With that said, if Russell Wilson goes down in the first half this year at home, is this, this going to be brought up to where that they better change that field or it just can be a coincidence that yeah. this guy jinxed us and all know. the fellows are going to go after him. I don't know. RG three went down in the play in the, in the playoffs to the Seahawks at FedEx field. Did they change that real field? Gra- no. well, and real grass. No. They never, yeah. They didn't change that. Well, field. that yeah. That turf was, that turf was, had been mauled like three days earlier by a concert or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That was, that was, that, oh, that, that game shouldn't have been played on that turf. That turf was in bad shape. That was. Now, you mentioned that this was a graduate assistant at the University of Oklahoma, and not to disparage the University of Oklahoma, I will though. Um, it's not <laughs> a credible institution, in my opinion. If you give me, wow. if you give me a research professor at Stanford, or at Johns Hopkins, or even Dr. Andrews down in Alabama, if they're telling me that this is this is an injury problem, all right, I'll sign off on that. If you're getting me, if you're giving me some twenty-four-year-old who fast tracked their way into, you know, some, some, uh, some med- medicine field at, 
let's call it a fourth rate college because that's what it is. It's a fourth rate college. No, it is big 12. I mean, I agree. uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a nothing school and uh, it's it's a football school is what it is. Um, It's a football stadium with a community college built around it. Um, And, you know, it's, it's so that's how you really feel. I mean, you know, oh, been holding back. It's better than Arizona State, but I mean, it's still not that great. Um, so, uh, I'm I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to take a graduate assistant's word in a non-published document that hasn't been peer reviewed just because they have some fancy graphs in there. You know, it, no, pass. Yeah. Fair enough. It's good. Understood. Good. To- yeah, there's a uh, there's a counter argument here from a PhD called epidemi- epidemiologist named Zachary Binney that's linked here on uh, on 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 one of the one of the Seattle blogs um, who tweeted about it and the reason that uh, Seattle is apparently on that danger list is because the Legion of Boom broke people, <laughs> not because of the turf, according to him. Worst grass stadium is Carolina, according to him. Well, so the, there's there's different there's different opinions on this data. As I'm, as I'm saying, well, they were also taking interpretations. They were also strictly. This was hard for me to find, but they were strictly looking at below the, below the waist injuries, so leg injuries, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see anything about concussions. I didn't see anything about shoulder injuries or anything of that sort. And they also ruled out, if I remember right, they ruled out certain plays. As part of the as part of the, uh, you know, study, and the one thing missing that I really got irritated, and Solak, when you posted this on Twitter, I was ready to throw throw my computer out the window. They didn't <laughs> they didn't they didn't say how long of a study this was. Exactly. I'm like, are you just basing this off of last year? Are you basing this off last five years, last ten years? How, how you know what's the what's the range that you're basing this off? And I couldn't find that anywhere because this has not been published in any journal. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm angry. I'm angry at, at the graduate assistant. I'm angry at, uh, at the world. <laughs> I want to get on that space shuttle and just leave this planet. Like, like those two guys did. <laughs> yeah, those two totally. guys, they, they, they're lucky. They, they left earth, you know, this is, the year to leave her they, they left so they got I, out with a getting good so i feel like this planet has disrespected me long enough but one lj collier of the seattle seahawks oh. feels like he's been disrespected uh he he thinks that bringing in other players to take his job is is you know uh is motivating him to to work harder and uh what do you guys think about his his recent comments this week <clears throat> I feel disrespected, but because he's saying he's disrespected, but what about my feelings and how excited <laughs> I was when he was a first round pick and he turned out to be a pile of, you know what? I, yes, he was injured half the year, but he played in what less than fifteen percent of the snaps. I so, think he had twenty total snaps, if I remember right. Might be eighteen. Oh my lord, That's terrible! You think you'd be able to go in there and just take some names and whip some, whatever Stone Cold used to say, but I really want to say it on the air and. I, he he just needs to shut up and go do his job, and ho- hopefully he turns he goes comes into the season focused and healthy, and he proves us wrong. But disrespected—that's a bunch of bull. 
Matt, <clears throat> is that the bottom line because Soul Man uh, said so, or do you have a different opinion? <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't mind him saying that, you know, people coming in are, are helping to motivate him to, to do his job, which is, they should. Um, that, that is the proper attitude to take about it. But uh, put it up, put up or shut up. It's my, it's my, uh, but you know, dude, you, 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 you can't talk smack when you haven't done anything at all at, at the at, at, our, at the real level, the NFL level, and um, we haven't seen you. And by definition, that makes you a disappointment for a first round pick. Uh, yeah, you might develop and be awesome, but until you do. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with the the uh, the harsher critics and the, uh, the 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 louder noise from the media now that you're playing at a professional level. So my advice to him is to sit down and shut up and uh, keep his mind on the game and show show us the results on the field. And if uh, if he does, then then the noise will go away. NFL stands for not for long, and LJ Collier. Well, the no fun league. Oh, it's gotten fun lately. It's gotten a little bit more fun. Uh, but for the for the sake, and thank you, that was so useful for what I'm about to say, Matt. Thank you. Uh, somebody hit him. <laughs> anyway, uh, not for long. It means that, you know, if you're, if you're not producing, you're not going to be in the league for that long. And if LJ Collier is going to throw up another season where he plays only a couple snaps per game. Why is he on this team is my question. And if he's feeling, if he's feeling disrespected, well, what did you do to get disrespected or what did you fail to do? And I would say that's, you know, be impressive. He wasn't impressive in preseason last year. He was not impressive in you know, any of the training camps and he wasn't impressive on the field. I saw him once and I texted you guys. I was like, Oh, it's LJ Collier. I see him on the field. He's, he's walking off and never came back (laughs) on the field. Uh, But it, 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 there were opportunities there in this particular, in this particular defense, they shuttle in defensive linemen all the time. It's constant rotation and yeah, nothing from him. Nothing. Didn't see anything from him. So I think I remember you you messaging me, and uh, I re- I remember um, uh, responding asking for video proof because <laughs> I, I I didn't believe. It. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a hallucination. It's, that's very possible. <laughs> hey guys, so uh, I took a look at the prospective roster, and they uh, this was on the what was it Seattle Times maybe I can't remember, but they they had uh, Jordan Brooks being anointed the third quarterback taken uh, Hendricks position. And I have seen that not only in the Times, but in other, re- other publications as well. And I just have to ask, where are they getting this from? Who's? Who? I think that's a joke. I, I, uh, it's because Pete Carroll and John Schneider t- took the best man in the field. And this guy's going to be, he's the fastest, most talented, blah, blah, blah. But personally, I think he should be being the fourth linebacker this year. I think he needs to sit and learn from K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner and Cody Barton deserves to play the other linebacker when there's three and um, they waste they just got to admit they wasted um, Brooks has got talent but they wasted the first round pick and if they're talking about cutting K.J. Wright after this year and probably Bobby Wagner two years down the road then 
let them sit and learn and that, that's my two cents yeah no I, I i don't know why they're ignoring barton barton i think did pretty well um what little you know he got really to start um and 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 shuffle in um i think he uh he he can get the job done being the number three guy uh a linebacker and uh he's the one who deserves to be in that role and jordan brooks can't line or back as i've said before (laughs) and so I, I, I really, I honestly don't know what they're going to have him do on the field because he can't rush the quarterback and he can't cover wide receivers or tight ends. So he's not really good at stopping the run. So is he just going to be a dude standing on the field collecting a paycheck? I mean, <laughs> you know, what's the point? I, I don't get it. But actually, he's pretty um, good. He's pretty good at stopping the run, is what what I what I've read. But I mean, eh. but I agree with you. I mean, he's he's useless in in pass defense. And that means he's not going to be the, he's not going to be in on third and long, right? Nope. Uh, he's not a he's not a down lineman for the edge rush, so that means yeah, that means he won't be in there either. He might be like a a first a first down guy, but we have Bruce Irvin, and this really kind of confounds me. On rushing yeah. downs, wouldn't they have Bruce Irv- Bruce Irvin in there? Playing that uh, probably yeah that spot. We didn't sign Irvin for what like six million dollars for the year to for to not play. I mean yeah yeah they're gonna rotate him in and oh great he can play the first down okay well then that's only a quarter of the snaps of the game. I mean and that's potentially, and that's what know? confuses I mean, that's, yeah that confuses me <laughs> that's not enough and like you guys said or are we just deciding Cody Barton's a, a nobody? Apparently so. I like I like Cody Barton. I think he's got potential, and I I'm looking for good things from him this year. You know, I mean, he's learning from two of the best in the business. Um, there at KJ and and, and Bobby. Um, and uh, I think I think we got I think he's earned the opportunity. You gotta you know, give him a chance. Exactly. So this might kind of seem a little bit morbid, but I think I could accept this more. If you were telling me guaranteed that KJ Wright's getting cut, um, if Jordan Brooks, I still think Jordan Brooks was a stretch. He was a low second rounder, shouldn't have been taken in the, in the first. But if you're telling me the plan all along was to dump KJ Wright and, you know, now you're going to have Barton and Brooks, and that's just the way it is. We're cut, you know, we're, we're cutting costs at that position. I feel like I could accept it, but if you're just telling me like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll overextend on a guy that should have been a low second rounder to be a backup. Now I got a problem with that. I don't think, I, I think at this point, if they were to cut KJ Wright, it would be suicide. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have a defensive, we don't have a coherent defensive line at the moment. Right. We're, we're, we're sitting at a time where most rosters are full. Most rosters at least have you know, a guy penciled in uh, a general idea of who's going to be it. You know, there, there obviously there's some, some battles, position battles are going to happen in camp, but across the league, most teams are pretty much figured out. There's not many people left sitting there in the free agency bin. And 
you know, we've done the draft, and so everyone kind of knows roughly there's going to be some people on the waiver wire, obviously, during camp and during preseason. But say 90% of these rosters are already figured out. We still have a colossal hole and have no idea who we're putting uh, in, you know, half of the defensive line. And the, the only real reliable part of our defense that the last couple of years has been that linebacker core with KJ Wright and with Bobby Wagner and insert third person here. And those two combined have held the middle of that defense together. And if you cut KJ Wright and you still don't have an entire defensive line, God help us. I don't know. We don't have a defense at that point. Yeah. So the Seahawks were pretty terrible in nickel last year. I was looking at the stats. And partly the reason why they had so much base defense was to try to mitigate that. The only problem is they weren't all that great at run defense, even with the base three. Uh, But I was just curious, guys, if, if you're terrible in a certain aspect of the game and you only got the players that you, you know, only got the players that you, uh, uh, you have, do, do you, do you have to consider possibly getting out of your peak Carroll defense mindset and trying something completely different? Because their answer to a terrible nickel was a terrible base defense. So <laughs> uh, I'm not a I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I know there's other types of defenses out there. What, what did you guys think about uh, Norton and Carroll uh, being uh, a little too conservative? We we've had good good defenses in the past with Pete Carroll. I think the problems with Ken Norton and then obviously they're not going to fix that problem this year. I mean. Our defense is, is only as good as our pass rush, our defensive line, getting pressure to the quarterback. And we obviously didn't do jack to improve that in the offseason except with Bruce Irvin. But God knows how good he's going to be if he's going to be able to get eight sacks or two sacks. It's the, the, they, they didn't do anything to improve the team on defense. And like I said, if they don't, if the defensive line doesn't step it up, if they don't get another one of these free agents, it's, it's going to be the same as last year. We're going to be, have to win our the football game 31 to 28, or I mean, it's going to be high scoring. We're going to have to rely on Russell Wilson coming back in the fourth quarter. Our, our defense is puke. I don't know else, how else to say it. It, 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 it. They need to get the right players in the right positions. I don't have a problem with our coverages, our zone, man-to-man, what you're talking about, and the nickel, but we have, I think we have the athletes there, but we have this stupid coach that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Matt, is is Solak correct? Is our defense puke? <laughs> I was going to say our defense is so bad it's frustrating. Solak, he can't even express himself. He's stumbling oh, no, he over said how, puke. How, how, he how, said his puke. How angry I... and frustrated he was. Um, I, I think our defense. I don't think necessarily the talent is puke. I think what it is is the the way they build it is. I think what you do is you you. you you set out to build a type of defense and a way of doing things. But ultimately, you have X players. And X players are best at X type. And you, 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 you flex your plan and build your plan about what your strengths are. And we don't do that. 
as a, as a team in, a, in our defense or on our offense. And I, it's always bothered me that that's one of the things that, that I've always admired about the Patriots, even though I hate them because they've been so good for so damn long. But that's one of the good things that Belichick can always do is he, 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 he either finds the talent to run the offense he wants, or he modifies everything to fit the talent that he has on the roster. And that's how he's so good. He takes advantage of what they have. And we don't do that. We don't go, okay, well, we're really bad at the, uh, at, at you know the, the the zone or something like that. Let's go man to man, or you know let's 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 you know hey we don't have the packages to run the big rushing running up the gut like we need to. We need to go to a more finesse run game. No, we're just going to keep running up the, up the middle. You know uh, it's we don't adapt, and that's the frustration. And, <laughs> and that's, I don't think yeah I don't think that uh, what's his name Ken Norton is capable of adapting either. Nope. Yeah, and I think I agree with you because I took a look at the stats and we ranked something to the effect of 26th in defense while we were in a cover three zone, which is our standard, the standard Seahawk defense for the last decade. Um, but at times when we switched into a man uh, defense, we ranked third in the NFL in, in pass, uh, pass coverage, at least per passer rating. And one of the really wacky stats that I saw was in one Trey Flowers and how he he matches those stats almost exactly. He he's terrible in the cover three zone defense, but man to man he's usable. He he's in the top uh he was in the top thirty, which means, you know, he's an adequate, you know, average uh cornerback. And so yeah, I just kinda wonder like, you know, you got a guy struggling out there. Um you have different players struggling and why, why, why continue to put them in, into a, a position to fail that, that background hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what did we see last year from Tedrick Thompson? We, we saw he obviously couldn't handle being a single up free safety. So it makes me wonder why do you keep having him on the field? Why, or why don't you switch to a cover two? you know, something that won't, you know, something that'll help him out, in other words. Um, and that just put your players in a position to succeed. Yeah. But we I feel we doing that last year. And we're not, we, we haven't in the last couple of years, at least. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. We keep going in the playoffs <laughs> despite ourselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, it, I think, I think the answer to that question is Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that That's a big part of it. I mean, there's other answers. I mean, there's, you know the Bobby Wagner's of the world. There's the um, oh yeah, no, I know. There's other people, but the late, the late game heroics. We're in winning games. We have no business winning in, in the fourth quarter. It's it, it just yeah. Anyway, yeah, people forget this. The Seahawks were half a foot from winning the NFC West last year. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we almost lost to the Browns. <clears throat> Well, well, we did lose to the card. And, we did lose to the Cardinals the week before the and, Niners. Yeah, and we lost the Cardinals. And we, I mean, yeah, there, there are, there, yeah, so there we were no games business. where it was like, <laughs> why are we even in this game? And how, how, how are we? How did we allow this crappy team we're playing to even get this close? You know? Yeah. The, the Bengals game was pretty close too, from my whatever oh, yeah. you call the did, Pittsburgh. Did we win in the like a kick out, like a, a field goal at the last second or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, we won in the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. Right. And Pittsburgh was kind of a crappy team last year. 
Yeah, well, they, they, yeah, well, no, that was that. Yeah, that was the game that uh, Roethlisberger broke his wrist or whatever, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, we got lucky. Yep. <laughs> we might have lost that game if he if he'd been healthy. So I on the other side of the ball, let's take a look, since we're talking about Russell Wilson, uh, the Seahawks actually ranked number five in uh, offensive efficiency, which is one of these new wave stats, which is probably as stupid as WAR or any other new wave stat that these hippies, <laughs> that these hippie mathematicians sit in their basement and come up with. But let's just let's just go with it. Let's pretend it actually means something. Uh, they ranked fi- uh, fifth in the offense uh, in offensive offensive efficiency, uh, but they but they have five new starters. Do you think that they're? Do you guys think that the success of the offense last year takes a step back, stays where it's at, or gets better? I think so there uh, five new starters. Most of them on the offensive line. That's going to be kind of scary, but. Their talent, they did sign some talented people. Dwayne Brown's coming back healthy at left tackle. Oh, the, we actually have some tight ends this year. Um, and if Carson is healthy, like they say he is, with Carlos Hyde as a backup, that offense is going to be fun to watch. And I don't and I, I don't think our offensive line is going to get any worse in protecting Russell Wilson than it has been. So, so it, gets back, a, it gets back to what you're saying. So, like, it's going to be shootouts from here on out? Correct. <laughs> That's gonna be fun to watch. I can't. I mean, the offense is gonna be fun to watch. The defense is. I'll be swearing every every time they're in there in the game. But <laughs> Matt, will it be fun to watch? We have ten new tight ends. Uh, <laughs> and seventeen we offensive linemen. We? <laughs> <laughs> we do have that many, don't we? Yes, um, we do. I'm not yeah. for the people at home. I'm not lying. That is actually correct. No, he's not. <laughs> that, is an actu- that is an accurate, exact number. Um, no, uh, you know, I mean, I, I like, I like the addition. You, know, I, I was opposed to the signing mainly for money reasons, but I do like Greg Olson. Uh, he's he's a great great tight end. Uh, that will add another dimension to us. That's great. Um, I am in love. With our our fourth round pick tied in, Parkinson? we also added. Is um, his name Parkinson out of Stanford? Yeah, was it Cody or Colby? One of those. Um, Parkinson from yeah from uh, um, Stanford yeah, University. Stanford University. I love him. He's amazing, and we're going to start to see him, but he probably won't make a real impact until another year down the road. It's just the way wide receivers work in, in the NFL. Um, I have some concerns about the depth of our wide receiver core, though. Uh, but I do like—I I do really enjoy and, and appreciate. I like the addition of Carlos Hyde. He's—he's he's our kind of runner. Uh, he will fit in real well in our in our stable of running backs. Um, he's not going to take—he's not going to take the starting position from Carson. He's—he's—he's, uh, he's, but he's going to be a good change of pace. You know, resting back. He—he's—he'll contribute definitely in a big way. I really like him. He's a good workhorse. Um, but like I said, I, I, I read just uh, what yesterday there's a uh, word that David Moore might be a cap casualty. We've already cut uh, Turner. And so who's our number three wideout? Uh, Philip Dorsett. Dorsett. In fact, I just, ta- I did, I just okay. talked to Philip Dorsett before the show and he told me he's going to prove you wrong, Matthew Page. So there's, so we don't have a third wide receiver. Uh, I'm betting money he gets, 700 yards receiving this year. You heard me. Well, I don't have any money. Sorry, we're not supposed to bet money. <laughs> Bottle caps. I'll bet a, 
You'll bet a beer. I'll bet a beer. I'll bet a, a monster cookie. Abe knows what those are. My wife I is do. making them right now. I do. She's oh, they're so good. But I'll, I'll bet Phil Dorsett has 700 yard season. Just you watch. Um, so anyway, we have <laughs> we have the guy from uh, we have Ursula from Hawaii, right? We drafted last year. Who they're pretty high on. I haven't seen anything of him to really, you know. <laughs> I liked him. In, I liked him in college, but I haven't seen anything out of him at the NFL level yet. I love and these guys. I love these guys that we're high Wayne. on. I, l- I love it when they tell us we're high on this guy, and he never makes the field. <laughs> like, yeah. Then we have Swain, <laughs> who is was a drafted this year, who I didn't see anything at all on the pirate reels to justify drafting him. And then there was there's one other guy who's the who's the project guy that was on LSU that's a tight end slash wide receiver yeah. that they oh, yeah. their mind on. Yeah. Yeah, the last guy. Yeah. He. Had like all of like fifteen plays of time on the on the LSU team last year. Well, I believe his big claim to fame is he he was the backup to Randy Moss's son, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, he was he, he had he had, he was involved in like fifteen snaps of what turned out to be one of the best offenses in college football history. What last yep. year with with LSU? That's his claim to fame, but he was only on the field for 15 snaps or something like that. So it's like, okay, well, he wasn't really part of it, was he? Um, yeah. So I, you know, um, I, I have some very, I have some concerns there. I, I, I think we should keep more um, because we need a number three wideout, and uh, yeah, because we haven't. Schottenheimer hasn't convinced me that he knows he knows exactly how to use a wide receiver or a wide a tight end. He hasn't convinced me that he knows how to use a tight end. But but Matt, the Seahawks were fifth in office, offensive efficiency, according to the new wave hippy dippy stats that that uh, okay. that you love so much. That I love? No, I, I, I do. You I, love I, these new stats. I, I follow them in baseball. I don't follow them in football. <laughs> stats are stats. Hey, I got a question for Mister Washington Husky. You, Abraham, um, Aaron Fuller, wideout, do you think he's got a shot to make the team or more uh, like practice squad? No. Uh, practice squad, yeah. Um, okay. There is – there was a tremendous opportunity for Fuller at UW to make something mm-hmm. of, to make something of himself um, and never manifested. Now, I don't think – UW has has the best uh, had the best uh, offensive coordinator, and in fact, since uh, um, uh, who's the Oregon State head coach, uh, Jonathan? Right, that's his oh, name, yeah. Jonathan. Um, he yes. used to, used to be the uh, UW offensive coordinator, and you could see a drastic decline in offensive output in Jake Browning's last season and Jake Eason's uh, season last year, uh, and I think that just. You know the talent drop wasn't that wasn't that big. I, I think that has a lot to say about the lack of innovation, lack of uh, ideas from that offensive coordinator position. And what happens is that can that can permeate through players, and they can lose they can lose uh, confidence. Hunter Bryant, I think yeah, is very good point. I think is one of those. I think I think uh, never finding his footing at UW is a little bit scary if i'm a nfl team if i'm the seahawks it you know like the opportunity was there for you you had a new offensive coordinator granted the offensive coordinator wasn't that good but you still should have you know had more opportunities uh but you know as wide receivers 
wide receivers have to create their own opportunities, and he didn't do enough to make me expect him to do anything. Uh, Matt, I, I got to jump back to you for a second, though. I, I want uh, The question I had was, do you think this is a better offense, about the same, or worse than last year? Um, I think it's I think it's more well rounded and I, I think it's better. I think it's improved. Cool. I think I agree with Matt on this one. Uh, I don't agree with him on our state of the situation for wide receivers. I am and always have been of the opinion you can just invent wide receivers if you have a superstar quarterback, and that's what we have. Um, Carlos Hyde is good, and he's an upgrade from Rashad Penny. I'm done with Penny. I don't know about you guys. But I'm kind of sick yep, of it. I am. Um, no comment. <laughs> I think we got our answer. Uh, I think that was a wasted first round pick, and I agree. I agree with you guys. The tight end position has been upgraded. Uh, I got to jump back to to Olson for a second. I love that we picked up Olson. The subsequent free agents afterwards has been really bumming me out. And if you tell me we could drop Olsen, you know, go back and do it all over again, I'd say drop Olsen and go get, you know, go get a um, defensive lineman. Yeah, go build that defensive line. I was under the I was under the pretense, though, that, okay, we're adding Olsen. Great. And now we'll go add off a defensive lineman. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little bummed by how that manifested. Yeah, if I if I could go back, I you know I'd take that money, not sign Olson, and maybe you know you pick up Luke Wilson like they wound up doing, um, pair him with Parkinson, and Disley's coming back halfway through the season. Call that good. Spend a lot of money on the defensive line, and uh, call it good. Yep. That's what I would done. So. NFL.com says that the Seahawks are going to miss the playoffs. True story. As we discussed uh, a few weeks ago about the schedule, I still stand that they'll make the playoffs and go 11 and five. I think NFL.com is once again bored and trying to piss people off. So <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, when we went through the schedule, I think I had Abraham nine, I had nine, six, had and one. nine wins. I had ten, and and Select had eleven. So we're all thinking at least nine. nine we we're all thinking above five hundred at least. Which with the and there's an extra spot. Yeah, with the additional playoff position, that should be enough to get in. That theoretically should be enough to get in. My 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 gut thing right now, though, where the roster stands and where we are in relation to camp and and with what's left on the free agency out there. And where we are with our budget, I think ten wins might be optimistic. Um, we're just I, that defense. We haven't drawn, we haven't done anything to address my huge concerns from the defensive line, and we didn't even really address them. And we kind of addressed them in the draft, but not really. So I think the guys aren't ready to fully step well, up. Well, yeah, and, I I feel it's I feel it's a fool's errand uh, or fool's hope. I mean to assume that a fifth round a third rounder and a fifth rounder fix yeah. a pass rush needs yeah i mean give them a year or two to pick up the you know 
pick up the, the, the finer techniques and so forth and, 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 and refine their game and step up, maybe. But throw them, throwing them on, you know, baptism by fire, so to speak, uh, you know, like that is, is, is not going to end well. And I think maybe my 10-win projection might be a little little uh, ambitious. How about you, Solak? Do you think your 11-win projection is still on? I stand 100% on my prediction. You watch and see. <laughs> 700 yards right. from Dorset and 11 wins by the Seahawks. Exactly. You heard it here. <laughs> so when 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 uh, when Dorset gets 699 yards, do I do I get beer? No, I I think if Dorset gets <laughs> seven yards, we should just give it to Solak. <laughs> I'm not. Con- I'm not convinced he's number three. I, I, I honestly, you know, I honestly, I think he can be taken. I think someone else can overtake him for that for that position. We're we're, we're paying him to be number three. Yeah. His contract's <laughs> pretty small too. Yeah, but he, but he's but he's but he's easily the number three wide receiver paid on the team. I mean, he's uh, or or actually, he might be the second highest paid wide receiver on the team. Because yeah. Dorsett's on the Aaron Dorsett, um, Metcalf. Uh, Metcalf's on the uh, rookie contract. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think you can invent wide receivers, and as we look at what the tight end core is coming up, coming up to, I almost kind of wonder if we see a lot more passes going that way. Um, and by God, I wish we'd just throw the ball to a back out of the backfield every once in a while. <sighs> I think that's Penny's style of play too. I think we're I think it, we're 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 ruining him throwing him up the gut, but that's my two cents. Well, yeah, I mean the the well the two guys that are supposed to address that were Penny and uh, CJ Procise. Uh, neither could yeah neither could stay healthy, and we let go. Because we keep throwing them up the gut. We don't we don't actually use them for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh gosh, what was the name of the guy that? Uh, that we had before that, and he went off to Chicago or something. Oh, you know what the guy who went to uh, the guy who went to Baltimore, or, or are you talking about Rawls? Not Rawls, and not uh, not the kid from Arkansas. I'm talking about the guy who could catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, started with an M. Uh, McKinnon, McKinney, McKinnon, or McKinnon, McKinnon, or whatever. Yeah, yeah McKinnon, well, McKissick. McKissick, McKissick, McKissick. That's it. Yeah, yeah. McKissick. He went yeah. to Detroit. Where yeah, went. and I'm just like, can we keep? A running back like that—that'd be great. Because <laughs> well, the problem is, is our off our uh, offensive coordinator doesn't know how to use them. No, he they doesn't. Keep putting them out there in the wrong packages. He doesn't keep putting them out there, you know, and 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 then trying handing the ball off to him like they're Marshawn Lynch, and it's like, dude, that guy's not designed to go up the gut. All right, that guy's a tiny little dude. Yeah, you throw it out out to the side, give him some room to run in, and then he'll he'll make some moves and earn you something. Yeah, and every pass play seems to be a 18-yard cross or a uh, post pattern. <laughs> just, uh. yeah. yeah, everything is everything is. Yeah, I, I, my frustrations with our offensive coordinators never seem to end. <laughs> All right, Cheryl sure. needs to learn how to how to pick a better offensive coordinator. Let's uh, let's talk some baseball. Yeah, big news this week is the Mariners have cut. 50 minor leaguers from their roster. A bunch of other teams have as well. A uh, quick question for you guys. Do we know, do we have any updates on who got cut? 
We have a list of seven players, and that's it. Seven, okay. <laughs> so I'm guessing these are guys that probably uh, put on their Facebook or something that I got um, cut. Uh, well, yeah, I think so. Um, he, uh, the, the the man, the man to watch is well, at least this weekend. I, I'm sure the full list will come out over this this next week. But the man to watch this weekend has been the uh, executive editor of Baseball America, um, JJ Cooper. And he's been tweeting out lists organization by organization as he gets as he gets them. Um, there's two names that you might recognize. Well, cause one because he was a major level, and one because Abraham yourself and I uh, interviewed him as an Aquasock, and I mentioned him on our show I think last week. Um, Nick Zamorelli was cut. Mm, that's a bummer. And uh, Manny Banuelos, who's a uh, reliever, who. Um, had had actually contributed at the major league level as well. Is he There's the five one? other guys that I don't really recognize. I feel like Utah we... Jones. You remember Utah Jones? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah, that's right. Utah Jones. Okay, there was a couple other ones. Yeah, um, but we still the vast majority of the fifty we 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 don't know. Still, yeah. we'll find them out this coming week. What does and that? There's going to be people on that list that we know and we have interviewed, and we're going to be bummed. What does that leave as far as the total quantity of Mariners, be it Major League or Minor League? What, what's the total roster size now? Is it you mean four? the Major League squad? It, plus this plus minors. None of them are on the 40-man. Plus minors. So, I mean, is it 40 or is there more than 40 guys? Well, it's it's 50-plus that are being cut overall from the minors. And you've got to remember that there's there's what? There's, there's the, the Dominican uh, Academy. There's the there's the rookie league in um, in Peoria. There's the Aqua Sox roster. There's um, and then you go up above that. You've got two A rosters and you've got a double A roster and you got a triple A roster. And each one of those can be about twenty five to thirty players. Okay, so you're looking at one, two, three, four. Yeah, three, four, five, six, seven. And that'd be seven times what thirty? Who's got a calculator? <laughs> Seven times thirty is is two ten. Okay. The average the average turnover on a yearly basis is around twenty five or so players mm-hmm. that they let go. However, fifty is unheard of. Uh, apparently, the worst offenders of the Arizona Diamondbacks they've released sixty five. Apparently, um, it's it what it is is it's a it's a it's a reaction to the potential change of the uh, play you know the agreement between minor leagues and majors and. I think teams are getting ready to um, to lose that lose a couple of their minor league squads, so they're cutting down now to save money on the long the long haul. I just got attacked by my uh, microphone. Yeah, it was oh, good, I was yeah, wondering. Good noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we don't know them all yet. We're gonna hear them all, um, but it's definitely a lot more than normal. And unfortunately, it's going to be players we know. Right on. So for those of you who have pets, you know that, uh, that they like to jump up on things, knock over things. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> maybe, by <the> tran- <laughs> yep. maybe by the transitive properties of, of malice, my cat may have attacked me just through the, you know, just through the microphone. That's all. But anyway, uh, okay, so they're, so they're basically cutting, let's say they, they cut 50, right? That's the equivalent of what, two minor league teams? That makes a lot of sense yep. to me because they're, they're going to ditch their what, West Supposedly Virginia team. The West, 
supposedly West Virginia Power are going are among the teams targeted to be to be shut down. Okay, and then trimming off the fat from some of the other teams then. Well, then uh, then you have the yearly cut turnover because the drafting the draft is happening what the next week or so, and and well, they're only doing five picks in the draft. There will then be an extended uh, undrafted free agent period where they can sign all the players that didn't get drafted. So they're still going to probably sign as many as they normally would. So the net um, the net loss is probably twenty five then. Overall, yes. Basically, they're getting ready for the for the they're moving forward like the plan is going to happen where they cut all the raw the minor league teams down, even though that has not that agreement has not happened yet, and minor leagues are still trying to stop it. Um, the baseball teams are acting like it's going to happen. So, so like the neck, the neck cuts are probably around 25. When do the players usually get cut? Is it the off season usually? And that's why this just seems weird. Okay. I'm sorry. You could repeat that. Oh yeah. Not a problem. Uh, when does a minor leaguer usually get cut? Are we, are we just seeing it at the weird time of the season or uh, is it normal for cuts to happen in the summer? Um, from my experience, it's not, it's, they usually wait, uh, they do minimal cuts during the summertime and it's more at the end of the season, like comes, come August, September, depending on how, yeah. how, how long these, these teams go in, in October. So yeah, it's really rare. It's just, this was a different year as we all know. It just it should go back to normal, but it's just a weird time for it. Yeah. The timing is a little, is a little strange on it. So um, what's the what's the deal with the uh, athletics screwing their minor leaguers? I mean they're they're cutting about the same quantity as the Mariners, but there's some sort of weird thing where those players now don't even qualify for unemployment. No, they're not. They're actually they're not. They are going to cut some players, but they're they're the what they announced is that they're not going to pay their minor leaguers because they're not they're they're not they're expecting there to not be a minor league system season. And so they're just not going to pay them. However, these players are under contract, so they cannot leave and they can't go negotiate and play for another team. So they're technically still employed, so they can't file for unemployment. Yeah, but here in Washington State, you can, you the rules must be different because, like in Washington State, there's plenty of people that are still technically employed, um, but can file for unemployment under the new rules. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. I think I think they probably still can under the new under the current rules, but those rules expire at the end of July. The federal rules that to help out people under that are impacted by the oh, COVID okay. situation, those rules expand. Uh, they they uh, they expire at the end of July. Uh, so at that point, these players would just be out of luck, and they're not going to get any income. And the uh, the A's are the only only team that are doing that. The Royals have decided they're not cutting anyone, and they're paying their roster their minors the full their 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 money. And and the Twins are doing the exact same thing. There's been some great uh, you know counter argument to the what the A's are doing. And and uh, apparently it was a decision by the A's owner. He didn't want to pay him. Oh, but, that, that, that just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that just shows how, what a cheap organization they've been over the years. They've been cheap since back in the days, you know, back in the 70s. The last 40 to 50 years, they've been cheap. I mean. Well, they don't have a revenue stream. That's their problem. They, they're, they, have, the, they have the worst stadium in professional sports. 
Agreed. And they're finally getting their new stadium built, but just I still think they've been cheap over the years. I know they don't have the revenue to keep it. The only thing they got is they got the quality coaches who can develop these young guys and brings them up, but they have to, you know, trade them off after a couple of years when they want the big contracts. But I, I still, just things I've read, I just, my belief that they're just a cheap organization in general, even, even like you said, they don't have the re- revenue stream, but if it wasn't for Billy, was it Billy Bean? I, I think. Yeah. The, the, well, I, I like Bob Melvin, but I know you you don't, but the, without those two there, I think this organization would just, yeah. I Do you mean the uh, three time <laughs> manager of the year that Matt is insistent is not a very good uh, manager? Exactly. Over a thousand wins. Well, you want an example of who they'd be. They'd be, they'd be the Pittsburgh pirates. That's um, not a very poorly run team that continu- continuously milks the uh, the revenue sharing agreement uh, for money and intentionally doesn't build their roster up and pay their money people money um, just so they can pocket the money. The owner has been has been accused of that in the past. But uh, I want to bring up one bright spot. Um, he told the team not to tell anyone, but one of the players leaked it anyway, and I, we're, I'm kind of glad the player did. David Price who has now been in the Dodgers organization all of, like, what, two months, three months maybe at most, uh, has has volunteered and, and, and is paying every Dodger minor leaguer $1,000 for the month of June to help out. And, you know, it's that's like $200,000 there out of, out, out of his pocket. And um, I think that's amazing. It's a wonderful, wonderful job by him. Um, but the fact is one player can afford it. And this MLB owner refuses to do it. It's just, it's such an amazing contrast. So like, is there, so like, is there a blog called uh, Dodgers sports union that Matt could go work for? Cause I thought we were going to go one <laughs> podcast without anything about the Dodgers no, no, getting inserted. It's David Price. He's doing an amazing thing. I want to call him out for that. Like, Cause he's, he, he's doing it. He's an awesome dude. He's doing a great thing. I'll work he's on that. Props. Okay. We'll get that Dodgers sports pe- uh, podcast up. Deserves, uh, yeah, that's my homework. <laughs> he deserves props. The only reason I mentioned Dodgers is because he's only been on the team for like two months or whatever, and he's willing to pay the whole minor league. He doesn't know the team. He doesn't know the players, but he's cutting the check because he's an awesome dude, and I wanted to give him props. And he's a Dodger. And if you go back to last year, <laughs> really everybody, everybody <laughs> in our podcast last year, Matt, Matt hated Matt, that Mr. Price. So did he really? Whatever. Was that because he was a Red Sox or something? Exactly. Uh, and let now me get he's a Dodger. Uh, let, let me guess. Now, uh, now, uh, Betts is the greatest human on earth as well, right? Yep. He was. He was once a terrible, terrible person that punched nuns and stole stole cookies, but uh, <laughs> now Betts is the greatest human on earth and uh, he's a dodger anyway <laughs> and he would might you, not get to play for the dodgers have they if they don't have no season yeah, that would be awesome that the agreement the agreement uh the, the players uh union and the um the the ownership they still haven't reached an agreement on starting the games again and the pay rate and so forth because the owners want the players to accept even less than the prorated salaries and the players are unwilling to compromise on that because, well, they really shouldn't, um, in my opinion. <laughs> and uh, um, it, uh, there's some reports that apparently some of the owners are just flat out willing to just not even have a season at all. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that might 
that that might be necessitated. I I go back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago where we talked about how some players refuse to accept the 50-50 deal that um, the owners are trying to push through. And uh, I I'm, I'm with the players on this one, by the way. Um, the, you know, the contract's the contract. You can't just change it midstream. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a scenario where I don't see those MLB players who are making lots of money wanting to come back and get paid, you know, a pittance, basically. Well, they have an argument. They're, you know, as much as everyone complains about how how highly paid the athletes are these days, when you look at the amount of money Major League Baseball makes, they the players themselves only get something like twenty five percent of the of the revenue. The rest gets pocketed by media companies and by the owners themselves. And wanting more of the more of the cut of of, of the product that they produce is not wrong in my mind. I, I, I think that's fair. But yeah, they, they, the owners wanted them to accept a sliding scale of not just a prorated salary, but like, so you're doing 82 games, so you'd get 50% of your salary, but uh, even less than that. So maybe like the highest played players would get like 40% of their year salary for playing 50% of the year. And it's like, no, you, I'm playing 50% of the year, paying for 50% of the year. Players Cecil Union has no problem accepting prorated salaries. That makes sense. Cecil Fielder is going to make the most this year, and he's going to—he's—he's he's out of baseball. Uh, Cecil he's, Fielder is dead. No, he's not. Isn't he? No. Jeez. Um, oh, I thought he was. No, he. But he's going to be making twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-five million this year. But he's no. No, he's, you're you're thinking of Prince. I think in the Prince, but Cecil's still alive, though. I thought Cecil was dead. I think Cecil, Cecil Fielder still alive. Is... I apologize. I, I apologize for my mistake. For it, it is Prince. You're correct, but <laughs> Cecil is still alive, though. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought Cecil had passed due to something. I forgot. I got to confuse someone else. Is that website? Uh, is Abe Vigoda dead still up and running? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, no, is it is Abe? Yeah. I, I know it's Ava Goda alive. Alive, sorry. Is that website still up? Or is Ava Goda dead? Uh, yes. Okay. And is he alive? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it dot com, and you go to it, and it just says yes. So okay. His, All right. His, his, uh, his you know. Every once in, every once in a while, I check that website just to be sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's supposed to make his yeah he's gonna make 24 million yeah he's gonna make the most out of it you're right absolutely that's amazing prince fielder was gonna be he's gonna make the most money in baseball this year oh, he yeah. hasn't played in like four years so yeah, like a rod's finally been paid out his then yeah his last year was last year i think i think so yeah so Arod's uh, finally been paid so question for you guys, when baseball starts back up, let's just, you know, go to next year or whatnot. Um, is there going to be a mad scramble for the players that they cut? Going back to the 50 that the Mariners cut. Uh, is there going to be a mad scramble for those guys? Or do we just kind of see their careers as done? They're done. 
I'd say, well, most of them are done. I still, I mean, we know they're cutting some minor league teams, but there's some talent out there that I think still have a chance. Yeah, there's there's going to be maybe like 5% of them might get re-signed here and there, but the majority of them are done because they're not, baseball, MLB has all the leverage because of this COVID situation with the deal with minor leagues, and they're, and they're going to shut down because of finances. They're, I mean, finances is just going to happen no matter what naturally anyway if there's no seasons for minor leagues, they're going to shut down 42 teams. And so they won't have that extra roster and room for these players to all land anywhere. So all these players, the vast majority of them, their, their career is over. It's done. There isn't going to be a race to pick them up because there's new draftees coming in and there's no room for all these players. So I think once we did the math, I think I understand now you're looking at we kind of estimated it like what 200 and what 200 plus players yeah. in, in your system Thereabouts, and, yeah. and we're looking at the bottom bottom uh, percentile that's who's being cut yeah mostly yes yeah so it's it's not there's been some exceptions there's some players that are kind of a surprise out of the cubs organization but yeah oh do we do we have a report from the cubs sports union now i'm just kidding um, anyway <laughs> We're I'm gonna, gonna get Phil Man for that. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I am gonna have to get like a bumper sound, bumper music for when Matt Matt starts uh, giving us his uh, Dodger minute here on the show. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about the NL apparently. You can talk about it. I'll just I, I get the right to make fun of you about it. <laughs> so so but yeah but I but you know this 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 actually brings me back to a point here that I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about those newfangled and their hippie stats and, yeah. and war and, and all, and, and with the football ones, the offensive efficiency. So you absolutely hate the, the, the new stats and you always make fun of uh, sabermetrics and so forth and forth. I make fun of you. Yet you, yes. yet you love the DH and you mm-hmm. want to inflict it upon the NL. So, okay, let's talk about that. This isn't a great love for the DH. This is just an utter inability for me to sit still as a pitcher strikes out trying to bunt the damn ball. That that is that is my problem with the NL. I cannot sit there and stare at the big picture. picture, We you talking about uh, Bartolo Colon? What are we talking about? No. Oh, <laughs> by the way, I think he's signed in the Mexican league this year. He's Did still he trying really? to pitch. Okay. Yeah, he's still trying to pitch, and he's 48. Jeez. A couple of years um, ago. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, uh, the big picture in terms of the impact on the game, the game itself, because the reason why I support it so heavily is because, yes, the first two times of that, that your starting pitcher goes out there, it seems like a waste. But then you start getting to like the sixth and seventh inning. Well, what if you've got, you know, um, Felix Hernandez on the mound and he's playing for the Braves now and and he's throwing a no-hitter. Well, but you desperately need, you've got, you know, two guys on base. He's Felix is coming up and there's two outs. you got two guys on base. This might be your only chance to score for the game. Do you yank? Well, obviously he's got a no-hitter. You don't yank him. But, I mean, you know, if he's throwing a one-hit, one-run bell game or something like that, he's throwing a good game. Do you yank him? so that you can put in a pinch hitter and then you go to your bullpen or do you keep him in? And, and there's, there's, there's extra levels of, 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 of strategy to that. 
And if you go and you look at the box scores for NL games versus AL games, NL teams actually use their benches. And there are AL games where no bench player gets used at all. At all. There'll be like a week where the Mariners don't even don't even put one of their bench players on, in the game at all halfway through. There's no substitutions at all. And uh, and every single NL game, there's like three or four substitutions. You get some different players in the game. You get some different you get some players moving to different positions on the field, and it and it it's a different level of of uh, complexity. So the NL NL managers have to think a lot harder than the AL managers in that regard. It's actually not true because your your sad devotion to that cult of sabermetrics, they just go from the sabermetrics playbook to tell them, okay, in situation A, you do scenario B, and uh, yeah, so there's no managing required anymore with your with your your cult of oh, well then, your then cult you of monks, your cult of hippies down in their basement making stats up. Um, then you don't need your beloved Bob Melvin as your as your manager. You can oh, have a monkey. God. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> you, you can have a monkey do his job. That, that's what you're saying. Is there? Oh, a, my goodness. Instead of Bob Melvin, you have Bob Monkey. <laughs> I love you, Bob Melvin. Don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyway, yeah, hippies in the basement making that's, stats. Um, so, that's just that's just a, a, an insight as to why I enjoy the, DDA, the no DH. Yeah, you, yeah the, the, that you can have that insight, but uh, welcome to it going away. So that's. Uh, I will oppose it with every fiber of my being. And, and to counter that, I, I, I used to be for old school baseball, but I'm actually a fan of the Universal DH now too. You say that they don't use many players in the American League that sit on the bench, but if if we go to every team using Universal DH, I think a lot more players in the National and the American League are going to be getting more time because certain there'll be less fixtures at DH. You know, like the less Frank Thomases, Edgar Martinez that play every day and. There'll, there'll be a change. I, I just think that you'll, you'll start seeing more of the bench players in the American League. Mark my words, in fact. There's an, there's another one. Mark my words. <laughs> are we putting this up there? With, down predictions. Are we putting – yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm writing this down. 700 yards from uh, Philip Dorsett, uh, 11 wins, and mark my words. Okay. Question about those 700 yards for Philip Dorsett. Does that include – all the amount of times that he's on the bench walking to and from catering <laughs> to get donuts because wow. he's not in the game or, or are we counting those no, steps? That, that means you'll be a thousand yard player. If you go that route, <laughs> does he get, yeah. Does he get, does he get credit for the yards that he runs in training camp? <laughs> I don't Mark my word. Not to harp too much on it. I just, uh, the reason why I'm not believing the whole 700 yards for Philip Dorsett I don't think third wide receivers on the on the Seahawks get those type of yards. You know, it just uh, you know they don't. And yeah, I'm just not certain that uh, Shanahan, Shana, not Shanahan, Schottenheimer. I, I don't think he's going to break out of his stoic old mindset ways. Anyway, uh, let's get back to let's get back to baseball for one last second before uh, before we got into too much Dodger talk and uh, Matt's. Okay. hatred for Bob Melvin, Un, unusual <laughs> hatred for Bob Melvin. Um, yeah, like I just sit around all day going, God, I hate that guy, I hate that guy. I think you do, don't <laughs> you? just doesn't you come to mind. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about Bob Melvin, all right? I could see you, though. When, when the Dodgers are playing the Diamondbacks like 10 years ago, you probably jumped up from your sofa, I hate this guy, 
you know, just <laughs> open up your window up there in downtown Everett where you live and just scream, I'm mad at Bob Melvin and I can't take it anymore. I feel like that's you, Matt. Is that, is that, am I wrong? Solak, yeah. am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you live close to Matt. You could probably hear him screaming obscenities about Bob Melvin. <laughs> Um, but anyway, let's move on to some other sports here. <laughs> Do you guys see the uh, NHL has uh, has has talked about and most likely will implement a twenty four team playoff? What do you guys What do you guys think about that? Um, before I, I'm going to interrupt real quick. How, how many teams are in NHL? I mean, I, I read into it, but 31? It 31. So twenty four teams. Does that mean then they're going to go straight to the playoffs? They're not going to like finish off like a few games for a regular season. Uh, I mean, so what it does, what they'll do, the format is uh, the top X amount of teams. I think it's like four teams get get a buy, and then okay, uh, I, I think those teams are the ones that are leading their respective regional divisions, uh, and then you know, so there's like a wild card week, and then there's then you add in those teams that got the buys and go i like the idea i mean and it's going to be competitive that one of the top teams might get knocked off but it's going to make the sport more fun to watch in my opinion i mean i'm down for it if like two months of playoffs it's probably about two months of the rest of the season i think that would be the guess yeah to finish playoffs that's about right oh it's a great great idea yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I also, I'm, I'm on board. I, you know, it's like, it's like, um, it's doing the, you know, it's like, like the World Cup, mini World Cup idea or whatever. Like, like, like MLS is planning on doing the, the, the playoff type, you know, tournament type thing also. And, um, I think, I think it's a good idea. I think it, you know, salvage, salvage something out of this year. Give the, give the fans some games. Uh, they're going to do it with what two hub cities. I think they decided. They haven't decided which cities yet. Um, It'd be cool if they Vancouver's on the list, but it'd be cool. But to go up and 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 catch a game if if the border was open. I think Canada's still blocking us from entering. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's I think it's a great idea. I'm I'm on board. I love it. So what happens with the draft picks is the big has been the big question. Uh, you end up with a you end up with a team that one of those seven teams may have missed it. You kind of know where they are. You just based off of their record, but what about the conditional draft picks for the remainder of the teams? Um, so this is something that I I had never really understood before, and I I I I finally you know sat down and, and, and investigated and learned. So the conditional draft picks are you 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 trade the draft pick, but you set terms that can alter the draft pick. Just kind of give 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 people who don't know a rundown real fast. Um, so like you, like, for example, the Canucks traded their, uh, 2020 conditional first round pick to the lightning who I think then later on traded it away afterwards. But the condition on it is if, is if they had made the playoffs in 2020, then the pick would go to the, the lightning. And if not, they would then, they would, the, the 2021 pick would go to the lightning. So it, you, it, it's kind of interesting. You can set you can set it up so that, hey, if if, if we make the playoffs, so we're gonna have a real low pick. Uh, yeah, you can totally have, 
you know, uh, you can totally have that pick. But if we uh, if we get eliminated, uh, we're gonna and we're, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a higher pick. We're gonna hold on to that pick, you know. But where this <laughs> runs into huge problems is within is that first new... week. You're gonna have something like eight teams tie for yeah for the eighth position, and the question is, you know, picks that you've traded or even picks that you haven't traded. You know, how do you? how do you make sure there's some sort of equity? You know, let's say there's eight teams that get bumped in the first round. How do, you know, how does team, you know, how does one team, you know, uh, relate to another, you know, as the eighth pick? Because I would want, you know, if I lost, I'd want the eighth pick. I don't want, I don't want the uh, 16th pick or 15th pick. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's going to be a, another curious part of that. Um, apparently they, uh, yesterday they came to an agreement, uh, as far as the, the league and the players union sat down, um, as part of the agreement for the playoff format, they figured out those conditions, the ones that are going to be impacted, the conditional picks. Right. It's like that one that I, the one that I mentioned for the Canucks, um, it hinges on if the Canucks make it past the Minnesota wild in the 2014 play in round. So if the Canucks lose, then I guess New Jersey is the one who wound up with it. Um, they, they'll receive the 2021 pick instead. So then, then, then there's yeah, there's a list here. I've got I've got a website that I found that they've got a list. They've, there's like like three or four other ones that they that were hanging on conditions, and they had to determine what you know specifically what will happen for those picks. So they've 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 figured it out, and they've come to an agreement. But yeah, it does add a whole different wrinkle when you're changing the format. So Solak, uh, with the NBA, they're going to vote on Thursday whether to restart or to start the playoffs, uh, a 20-team playoff at that. Um, do you think this passes, especially in light of recent events? I do because I, I, I know they're – what I read was they're looking at 20 maybe or 22 teams to add and they're going to play a short season, regular season, and then to play in into the playoffs. And it's, I think it's a great idea. I mean, normally there is, what is it? 16 teams, eight, eight from each conference. So mm -hmm. this is 10 from each conference. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with it. It's going to be more competitive as well. And like I said, some teams probably going to get screwed, you know, get upset and then they'll complain about it on social media, how they change the rules, a bunch of, you know, BS, but it's just 2020. It's a different year. And, I'm actually, I mean, I, I'm angry at the NBA to keep it nicely for, you know, taking our Sonics away, but I love playoff basketball. I don't care who's playing, and I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm not certain. I'm not certain that's going to pass, though. I mean, it requires a three-fourth vote, uh, th you know, three-quarters of the of the uh, NBA to, to, to prove it. And I kind of wonder if, if you're cutting out ten teams – um, the, <laughs> all it takes is a dissenter of one of the playoff teams and that thing doesn't pass because I don't know. I kind of feel like, I feel like if I'm one of the 10 teams that don't get in this playoff, I'm voting this down. Oh, you, you make a good point there. I, I, I didn't even consider that, but that is a pretty high percentage that needs to be voted in, but uh, I, I just, it, it would be good for, if the NBA wants to do this, I think it's just, they got to convince these owners it's going to be good for the NBA. Even, 
go with the 22 teams. And they said there's like six teams that were close to, you know, to, to a normal playoff spot had they gone to normal, you know, eight in each conference. Yeah. I mean, th- there's there's no need for the teams that are 18 and 50 right now to be playing the rest of the year. Right. And if you add those two teams, you get the guaranteed votes. Um, exactly, yeah. Because, yeah, right now all I'm, all I'm thinking is like one dissenter, uh, you know, maybe the last playoff team might might be enough to turn this down. Um, yeah. Very good point. <laughs> I, I hope – I hope they vote it. They do vote it in, but you, I didn't think about that. Let's take a look at the uh, MLS guys. Uh, it they propose they're proposing when they restart that the players take a twenty percent pay cut. Um, the <laughs> do do you guys think the players will take it? I mean the the MLS players are in a different situation than the NBA or you know a lot of the other major leagues. Uh, MLS is probably more like the NHL where they need to play games, and their players kind of need the money because there's a lot of players making about a hundred thousand or less in the MLS. Um, do, do you guys, do you guys think uh, this causes a schism? Like uh, do, do you foresee some players taking the pay cut and some don't, or do you see, uh, do you see them unifying together? And um, uh, I, 20% is, is, is big. Um, but you know the honest truth is is that I mean is it is it I, I'm not clear on, on this on this on this detail is it twenty percent of what they would make on a full year or is it twenty percent per game twenty percent off the prorated so let's say that you're twenty oh, percent so lower what they would have been making if they played the same number of games yeah okay, okay. yeah I I I don't think I don't think they should take it personally I I think it's going to be kind of tough but at the same time. Yeah, the, the the leverage situation isn't isn't as strong. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, you're out there. It's a game you can you can do with more social distancing. So I guess you can you can you can argue that the the, the danger is less than some of these other ones that are starting. Um, but uh, um, there's still some risk to it. So I still would I you know as a player I don't think I'd I'd accept that. That uh, that less than prorated. Um, didn't uh, twenty percent is a lot of money. Are they getting paid right now to sit and wait no. for the league to come back? No, no. no? Then uh, that, if they're not getting paid right now, then I think, geez, yeah, it, that's a tough call. I mean, I, I I don't think I would accept that either as a player. So that's a tough call. But can the owners do that? Can they do it anyways? I mean, what? Uh, how close is them? I mean, I know MLB could. They're close to having a strike here this year, next year. I mean, what's what's soccer like? In each of the sports, the owners can definitely do it if you're willing. If you're willing to foster that kind of uh, ill will, yeah. Uh, you know, in base in baseball, you could decide, hey, look, we're we're starting the season up, and Mike Trout, if you don't want to play, you don't want to play. Fine, whatever. Um, and that's going to cause a huge problem, like you said, in a, in a year or two when uh, the CBA comes back up, and that could cause a strike and shut down an entire season. So, are you going to, you know, are are you going to irritate people now to have a much bigger problem in a couple of years? In baseball, I don't think so. Um, in in the MLS, since you know, since there's a lot of players that are that are making 
nothing and a few players making a lot, I, I kind of wonder if those lot of players who are making nothing will just play just because they need some money. There's no middle class in the MLS. It's either, yeah, yeah it, 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 it's, it, I, I kind of want, my thought is uh, that's an easier union to break than, than the major league baseball. Good point. Uh, does M- does MLS? I know they're I, they're on ESPN, but do they, do they have a big contract with TV too? I mean, are they bringing in the big bucks no matter what? It's uh, of the major sports. It's the smallest. Um, smallest. And I would say, I would say that mm. revenue they're about the same as NHL, uh, but but um, they don't have like the weekly NHL game. So they don't the media deals that, that the NHL does. Uh, yeah, yes and no. It de- see the NHL is unified. Some of the MLS teams like the Sounders, the LAFC have extraordinarily huge media deals. They're a lot like baseball. Um, some teams are just swimming in money because they own their own network. And then you got teams like Cincinnati who aren't making anything and they're playing in a state with another team, you know, and they, uh, they're really reliant on those gate receipts. Yeah. Um, uh, that's tough. It is tough. I mean, you know, you got like the NHL and NBA where all the teams share the revenues from ESPN and from, you know, what other networks there are. Um, but yeah, no, uh, MLS and MLB have the, I'm not going to say it's the worst uh, because for some teams it's great, <laughs> but, but they do have uh, uh, the biggest disparity amongst teams as to how much revenue is coming in. Okay. <laughs> so with that said, are they, I'm sorry. Hey, the way, the way Solex said, okay. Okay. I guess. Laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Frustrated to hear that about the league, but <laughs> I'm going to bring up the question that you have on our sheet here. Do, are the fans going? To, you think the fans are going to suffer from all games played in Orlando? I mean, I guess we could ask about every. A, yeah, we could ask that about any league, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the fans. I think the fans suffer. Um, you want to? I want to watch it at my time zone. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch yeah, the Sounders at three o'clock in the. I miss so many Mariner games because when they're on the East coast, it starts at four. By the time I get home, it's like six 30. It's like, Oh, this game's almost over. Well, it is the, <laughs> it is the Mariners though. The most games are already over by anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's over the second it started, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I, yeah. Playing on the East coast. But, I would, that's not good for me. I, I kind of disagree. I mean, yes, it's inconvenient, but it's but the vast majority of fans. I mean, be it in Orlando or be it, you know, in more local, they're going to have to have empty stadiums in front. So, it, you know, if they're here in Seattle, but they're in front of an empty stadium, it's no real difference to you in the days of DVR and the days of, you know, of all that, you're going to be watching it on TV no matter what. Um, and then, you know, your your viewing experience isn't really that different because they're focused on the field. They're not watching the fans. Wait a minute. Can you guys watch DVR games? 
like not technologically speaking. I mean, obviously, how hard is that? You you schedule it. I'm just talking about like the when the game is being recorded, and I get some sort of update because I have alerts for many of the teams. Turn off the alerts. No, you turn off the alerts. That solves that <laughs> solves your problem. Yeah, the but problem then, you're about to say is, oh well, unfortunately, I have the I have the results ruined for me if I try to watch it later. And the, no, but, the answer is turn off your alerts and no. don't look at your text messages. I've got radio. I've got radio in the car, and they'll don't listen to the radio. Don't listen to the radio to in the car. Listen to listen to the Seattle Sports Union <laughs> podcast. I, I've heard they're pretty good. I also have jerk friends who are Wazoo and uh, Oregon Duck fans who like to tell me my, my what my team is doing, and uh, also the. Fa- I'm going to interrupt that. I'm going to go with that, actually. But also, you got those friends like me who post who won the yes. AEW championship. Thanks. And, and your response is, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> or to the, something to that effect. So, yeah, I guess I am guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, that happened uh, about a month ago. You, you messaged uh, on Facebook, hey, did John Moxley won the championship? And he's like, <laughs> that's been building for a year Solak. the whole story has been building for a year and i ruined it for you and you ruined it <laughs> i was like uh i was like when uh bob lucky uh our one of our videographers on seattle sports union uh, got an alert that sting was going to be at wrestlemania or sting was going to be at some event uh for wwe and and we were watching it on like a 10 15 minute delay you know, and it's just like, thanks, Bob. You just ruined the whole Royal Rumble. You know, <laughs> like you had the opportunity to just keep your mouth shut. You did not have to say anything. <laughs> but no, it does come down to that. It does come down to knowing about things. Like I, I lose a sense of enjoyment. Uh, you know, when I when I know the final outcome. So don't find out the final outcome. That's so hard in today's world with social media. And well, you text can, messaging. You can at the very least turn off your alerts. That's pretty easy. That's self-controlled. And yes, you can yell at your friends if they ruin it for you. But <laughs> just don't. Just stay off. Stay off your phone in terms of like social media or sports scores and the alerts and all that. And then yeah, if I message you and say, "Hey, did you want? Did you catch the Mariners losing tonight? You know, or whatever." Then then when you're about to get home and watch it on DVR, then you can yell at me, and you'll have a right yell at me although you not like you ever needed a right to yell at me but <laughs> what do you guys think what do you guys yep. think about uh, getting back to the main question does do do fans suffer in not being able to go to the stadium and watching watch it i mean for the ones who have those season tickets um i i kind of my personal opinion, I'll, I'll just start off with myself. I think my personal opinion on this is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I don't, you know, I, I, I think the in-game, the going to the game experience is different than the watching on TV experience. So I don't think it really matters to me watching on TV, whether there's fans or not. But uh, I do feel like there's, I do feel like there's people who just aren't getting the release that they need by going to events like this. And uh, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad for, I feel bad for people who consume sports that way. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, 
not not that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying like consuming sports by only going and not watching on TV is a bad thing. It's it's just what they prefer to do. And like, um, yeah, I do feel bad for for that segment of fans. Yeah, it, it does hurt them. It sucks for that. Sorry, it does. Let me no, you're good. Quick. Um, uh, it does suck for them. But the reality is, this is this this is the lost year. This is a one time thing. Hopefully, knocking on wood. Um, that I, I think this is a this is a one time you know situation. And next year we'll hopefully be at the point where we have a vaccine or we have you know a better understanding and a way for everyone to to to, to go out. And, and get back on, uh, into the stadium and, and at least do maybe a half full stadium or something and get back out there. The, this, this is an extraordinary circumstances and we need to, we need to recognize this, this is a one-off thing. This is not, but it isn't norm, it, there. There's going to be a new norm with a new set of rules that'll change that in game experience. Yes. Yep. But we'll, but we'll eventually get back. We'll, we'll get to back to the point where it's almost like it was where you can go, you know, it, be part of the ECS, the Sounders game, and and jump up and down, back and forth with your buddies, and and cheer and sing those really really mean songs about other players and the umpires and uh, all that uh, <laughs> with cursing and everything, and uh, um, and and we'll get there. We'll get back to there at some point. I think. I don't. Yeah. See, I disagree with that. I, I feel like there's going to be rules that change proximity and there's going to be rules that uh, as far as food preparation, how that goes, uh, whether there's food prepared. Um, I, I feel like a lot of things are going to change um, and it'll be permanent. What do, what do you think, Zolak? A lot of things are going to change for it to be per- permanent, but back to your question of the, they're, they're going to suffer. I, it is what it is with these fans. It's it's a temporary thing for one for two months of the year. Hey, look, being a season ticket holder, you can just like watch them on TV. Save you save your season ticket money. You can spend your money on something else. It, it is what it is. I, I think it's worse that maybe it's me being selfish, but I have season tickets to the Aqua Sox, and I'm not going to be able to go see some minor league baseball this year. But in the, just ten minutes down the road from me, I think that's worse than at least these fans are going to be able to watch their team on TV for a couple months. So. Yeah. We're at the point where be, be grateful. You're getting any sports. Yep. Really? Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, come on, dude. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. So you guys, yeah. you guys don't go to, you don't, you guys go to the Aqua Sox, but I mean, you guys don't go, you go to games and you know, it, it, there's a culture aspect to it that, uh, there I, is, there is, yep. and every every different sport has different fans, different mm-hmm. groups of fans, and a different culture, and and it's it's fun to experience those, and it does. This is going to impact those, but this is not. This is something out of the sports hands. I mean, it's out of. It's. I mean, you know, it's not the MLS deciding this. It's it, they're sitting down with scientists and the health. And the, and the you know the, the 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 state legislators or you know the governors and saying hey what can we get it what can we do, you know it's out of their hands, yeah, and you, people unfortunately have to take what they can get uh, at this point see, for this year. You guys don't sit down. You guys don't care about the get. fans. You guys don't care about the oh. fans. You oh, guys might as well, you might as well be owners of some you know major profession. You might you might as well be the Oakland Athletics owners. You don't care about the fans. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, up, up until 10 years ago, I used to go to the games all the time. Who the hell wants to go see the Mariners in Seattle anyways? I mean, Seattle's already town going, a city going to... <clears throat> Heck in a handbasket. Exactly. And in, and for I, I go to Seattle games every year when I can. So, I mean, I can't afford season tickets or I would. So, I don't guess I don't go see the Sounders play. I do watch them on TV occasionally, but... I, I don't think it's you. You're the one who goes to the mirror games all the time. You're the one who always complains that all the money you spend on <laughs> going there and you go home with a loss and you have two or three cold beverages and that costs you, you know, more, more than your freaking ticket. I have what kind of beverages? Cold beverages. We don't, you know. Oh, I think said. Pops. I think said cult beverages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's drinking the cult. I am drinking the Kool Aid sometimes, um, <laughs> because for twenty years I've been saying I'm not going to go give any of my money to that Mariners team. And what do and I do? You go anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and you buy another, you know, hat or something. Exactly. Yeah. Buy the jersey. I buy the hat, and then I complain yeah. that the then I complain that the man is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so then you complain because Pete Carroll's there on your birthday. Well, I do complain about that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got any shout outs this week, uh, Brian Solak? Uh, just for, once again, the Bellingham Bells are having their opening day this Tuesday, a virtual opening day. They're gonna have events pretty much every couple of hours, and they're gonna replay a game on you know from last season, one of their exciting games, like at five or six o'clock that night. Just go to bellinghambells.com. And, and he's not a paid uh, uh, spokesperson for the Bells. I, I want to point that out, even though he keeps on giving shout-outs to the Bells every single <laughs> week. You are correct. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for joining us once again here on the Seattle Sports Union podcast. Check out all of our great articles on seattlesportsunion.com. Check us out on social media, such as Facebook. Like us. We're likable. And as well, check out all our great tweets at Seattle Sports U. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good day. Go yeah. sports ball.